We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Thursday to everyone out there. Lucky Lucky Podcast. The the Anora Boys are in the building. Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. responsibly. Fox Sports, The Athletic, whatever other outlet, this dude is a legend at this point. Author, college football, NFL, high school football, Bruce Feldman joins the show on the other side, back end of the show. Talk about college football, the season, things that stood out. Talk some NIL and his story that he wrote in The Athletic, man, which was fabulous, man. Following high school athletes all the way up to the NFL All-Pro team, seeing how important five-star is in recruiting rankings, man, when it comes to the NFL. Some good stuff. I can't wait to follow that up on the conversation we had with Manny Navarro yesterday. And we're going to talk about some of the things that stood out with Manny Navarro that he brought up. And then I think one of the things I really want to dive into is some projections, right? So ESPN put out their college football projections, like Heisman, you know, freshman phenoms, surprises, and Heisman candidates. I don't want to talk about the Heisman candidate because we've talked about that, but I want to know who's going to be the freshman phenom for Notre Dame. It was pretty easy to see that Benjamin Morrison was the freshman phenom for Notre Dame this year. I would ask who was the surprise of the season left? Who was the surprise of the 2022 season? And who do you think is going to be the surprise of the 2023 season? That's the LL question of the day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Go download all of our great content. Leave five stars. We greatly appreciate it. Then leave your comments. We read all comments. We respond to all comments, man, because of LL Nation. You have made us one of the fastest growing podcasts centered around Notre Dame football, and we greatly appreciate you. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's start right there, Left Expectations. I guess we can start with this. How legitimate of a Heisman candidate is Sam Hartman, in your opinion? Provided everything goes right, I think he's good enough to get in the room. I don't know if he's going to be the top number one uh, voted for, but I think he can get fifth or fourth in the race. For sure. We just want him to get it there, a flight to New York. Winning it, I think it'd take a guy like a Kenny Minchie or a car to be in the system, be a under a Marcus Freeman led team. That's his guy kind of thing. I just don't think um Sam Hartman has more talent than Caleb Williams if it came down to a who's more talented to win out for a Heisman candidate. So it's, you know what? Every Heisman candidacy comes down to two or three games, right? Like literally Caleb Williams won the Heisman back to back. That's a Notre Dame. No, no, no. It wasn't just Notre Dame. It was UCLA and Notre Dame back to back weeks. The great game, the great performance against UCLA then facing Notre Dame in the Coliseum and putting on that performance. It was a wrap. That was it. You usually need two games that people can point to to say, that's the moment. That's the Heisman, right? Because even though Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel weren't contenders for a national championship, Johnny had two games, one in particular on the road against Alabama, where it was just like, that's a Heisman moment. So, Ohio State, USC, Clemson. Two of those games have to be Heisman moments for Sam Hart, in my oh, opinion. Three. Elite minimum two or three have to be Heisman moments. More than likely, I would say it would be Clemson on the road, Clemson on the road and Ohio State at home. But that also means that we're winning because of Sam Hartman, and I don't think that he would be the reason why we win. I think he would be a great catalyst 
for guys that we really could depend on to to be breakout players this season to win games for us. But for him to be the Heisman candidate winner, he would have to be the reason why we beat uh, Clemson away in Ohio State, meaning he's got 400 yards, clutch touchdowns. He's out there, one-man team. Our offense is built sort of for that, but that's not how Sam has made his money. Sam has made his money on being a good distributor of the football. But I think, you know, anything can happen. He's definitely got the talent to be taken to New York, and that's that's my expectation. If he win it, then, damn, you exceeded anything I thought you could have did. <coughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It's interesting you say that because – I think moving forward, most people will assume that Drake May and Caleb Williams will more than likely win the award. Yeah, one of them. My biggest surprise of last season, I'm going to be honest. I would say my biggest surprise for 2022 was Xavier Watts. Yeah, of course. I would say it was Xavier Watts. And I thought about doubling up with Benjamin Morrison. But Benjamin Morrison, I got to watch him. Like I said, I got to watch him in fall camp. And when I watched him in fall camp, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this dude is, he's for real. Yeah, He's going to be nice. I thought about Logan Diggs. You know, because I'll go back, look, the, the antics on the sideline at the Blue and Gold game, being upset because he w- didn't get the ball on the play. Then he injures his shoulder. You know, he was homesick his freshman year, battled through that. Really didn't have a chance to prepare. This is his first offseason, healthy, being able to go hard in the offseason. So he's probably going to come back even stronger and better next year. And for him to perform the way he did, I I didn't expect that. I didn't because things were trending um, not negatively, but kind of like you felt like, okay, he is who he is. You know, but he really elevated his game. So he was a candidate. Jaden Thomas is someone that you could say was a surprise, right? Even though no, we heard we about, about him in a bowl game. Thomas right. in the spring. Yeah. yeah, we did. His important role as the third receiver growing into the the number one. And, you know, I think we were pretty – on point about him specifically, but mm-hmm. more but not so to too. tease, not to tease our Back to the Future on Monday, which is featuring the Marshall game. He 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 did some bad things in that Marshall game, mm. and he recovered nicely. But you're right, you're right. We spoke glowingly about him in the spring. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Xavier Watts is my biggest surprise of 2022 left. Yeah, Xavier was from a surprise of impact because not only did he get in at sort of a new position, but he made an impact right away. And so I think he was going to be my easy choice. But I think uh, my biggest surprise for this year, it's kind of tough. I think we pretty accurately – talked about what was going to take place in terms of players on the scene. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest surprise probably was the 
the non-impact or the, the impact that wasn't as expected uh, getting our transfer from Northwestern, mm. I thought that would be what we were high on in the spring. Oh, tell me what he doesn't do better than Kyle Hamilton, you know. Kyle Hamilton's doing pretty good with the Ravens. <laughs> he came on strong towards the end of the season, for sure. So I think that was my biggest surprise from a – I thought you would have been way more impactful based off of what we were seeing early. I mean, everything was pointing towards you being the next first round under outside of Kyle. I thought we were about to be safe to you for a minute. Yeah, I got misled the way he was picking Drew Pine off from practice consistently. I should have known that it was more about Drew Pine and not him, really. See, that's, Hines, that's what you got to look at. In hindsight. So what you got to you, are you Are you really going against the top of the top doing that? Making one-handed interceptions, two-handed interceptions over his head. It was the same quarterback the whole time. And I just never really thought about is this really Drew Pine, or is this more about Brandon Joseph? Because hindsight, because what is Arizona State going this year? Six and six. You know, hey, so it's, it's, like, it's the Pac-12. You never know, bro. It's gonna be tough because they got some good quarterback play in that Pac-12. Who wins more games, Arizona State or Colorado? Oh, Colorado. I trust Shador. I think Shador can match up with some of those. Oh, they definitely have a better quarterback. I mean, but it's 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 pretty pretty thick in the Pac-12 right now. I think Shador Shador could have you know when you go out out west and you get that close to Hollywood, you know he could have made a better choice than Storm Reed, but you know it is what it is, and he kind of. He kind of rushed that, in my opinion. Like, yo, pump the brakes, bro. Just let it, let it, let it happen. <laughs> pump the brakes. This happened kind of quick. Chill, chill. I'm being just, petty. I'm being nice. petty. No, I'm being <laughs> petty. I'm being petty. That's an insider. She's a student at USC, and some things have transpired. So that's me just being. Yeah, a yeah petty. just. Just you know in the scoop because you you got eyes and ears. Right. You got eyes and ears. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast. Yo, I saw a comment. I think was it Jay Carr? Yeah, Jay Carr. Thank you for tapping in as you always do, my brother. Zeke Carell was a was a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Zeke Carell struggled a little bit and he really came back. Was an anchor was spoken glowingly about Jacob Lacey and other defensive linemen as being one of the most difficult and technically sound linemen to deal with on a consistent basis, and to have him back, you know, as the captain in the center this year for Sam Hartman and the quarterbacks, that's a big deal. That's a big deal moving forward. Pretty big deal. Pretty big. I deal. mean, you you know, like. Just not – it's bigger than just, oh, snapping the ball, which is a huge part of a play, getting the snap off. But having your center to be – or a quarterback, especially a transfer quarterback, having a center 
that's smart, really good, and can control schemes, blocking schemes, call out what needs to be done, that's huge. That takes a lot off the shoulders of Sam Hartman. It does, especially when you're trying to still integrate getting into an offense for one year uh, and how things can can really be. I think that control piece of, of being at that position can really help the quarterback settle in a lot faster, even though I do think Sam could probably handle a lot of that being ex- as experienced as he is. But having two heads at doing it uh, can really – make it come together smoothly, especially if we switching quarterbacks in and out potentially uh, and having the, the the mind of having the cadence for both quarterbacks, that matters. Um, and having experience at that position can only help identify and strengthen that, that center of the offense uh, to where we can really be in a lot of games like we are every year. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think we've, been in a position where we're just outmatched outright, where we're not close to winning, you know. So um, I think that comes a lot from that centered offense. Someone said Howard Cross. Howard Cross. We talked about him too, though. Yeah, but Howard Cross balled out in 21, dude. Like the game against Wisconsin, the game against Cincinnati. Howard Cross has flashed for a couple of years. I don't know. I expected Howard Cross to play well yeah. last year. So he, he to me, it really wasn't a surprise. But you did something interesting by going the opposite way. The play of Isaiah Foskey early was a huge surprise to me. Mm. And I'll honestly say the actions of some of the seniors on this team early in the season off the field mm. it's a huge surprise to me That's i right. tell you now some dudes was some there were some dudes on this squad that were seniors that were yeah i'll use the word jerk i could be a little bit stronger but they were jerks and keeps the gc yeah they were flat out jerks they were flat out jerks and it was really to the detriment of the team early on. So that that's a that was a huge surprise to find out. And I'm gonna be honest, bro. The inconsistency of Drew Pine was a surprise to me. Why? It just was, bro. I didn't think it was that to that point. Even sitting there watching the blue and gold game. Remember when people after the blue and gold game, we're like, man, it's the blue and gold game. Don't worry about it. It's just a scrimmage. Now, if you go watch the blue and gold game, that's who he was. Yeah. That's that's who he was. Inconsistent. Can play one game really good. The next game is like you can play one half really good. The next half, you know. Yeah, the inconsistency definitely was a surprise considering how competitive the spring and fall camp were on guys competing to get a spot, thinking that consistency from practice, how Marcus Freeman preached about, would translate to the game. But, you know, football is a complex sport when evaluating talent. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, fortunately, 
you know, some guys are great practice players and not the same on the field in game time. Some guys aren't uh are 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 not great practice players but always find a way to impact the game in some way. That's just how it is and how delicate the process is. That's why it goes to the same. You can't coach everybody the same. No. And it's the same way you can't evaluate everybody the same. Now you can right. have fundamental discipline to certain things you want to do, but I mean, you know, you can know the whole playbook and not be good at executing it. <laughs> and I think that's what frustrates us when we think about guys like Tobias Merriweather, who obviously doesn't know every aspect of the playbook like a Braden Lindsay, but can produce more than a Braden Lindsay can produce. So you need him out there. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a nice complex mix of why it's hard on being a coach getting paid that much because you got to know how to balance it. Cause a lot of people think, it's a one-way thing, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. never a one-way way of doing it. Even Bill Belichick, as militant and disciplined as it is, you know, it has some success. But as you can see, without certain players, it just can't come together all the way. It only goes so far. It works both ways, right? Like so certain players, ways. certain players need that to develop. And people are, I tell people this all the time. Tom Brady didn't come to the NFL as Trevor Lawrence, as Pat Mahomes, ready to go. I mean, these guys are playing ready to go. He needed time to develop. So he needed that system to be able to develop into the guy that he developed into. And in my opinion, you're extremely blessed as an athlete when you can come in and win Super Bowls while still developing because that's not the natural order right that's not the natural order like they beat the greatest show on turf because of that defense right a running game that went over 120 yards kept kurt warner off the field and marshall falk off the field and then tom brady was able to make one or two plays yeah that's what you see and it, it is, it's, that's what the it factor is as well. Guys that yeah. come in right away impact on a level that's an, it's an anomaly, like a Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. It's, he's only been in the league for three years and, and, and is on pace for two Super Bowls in three years. That's not the regular way, you know, quarterbacks develop in the league. No, no. <laughs> Jordan no. Love hasn't touched a real snap. At all. And he's been, in the, been drafted way, you know, for a yeah. minute now, and that was a first-round pick. That's usually how it's supposed to go. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did it that way. Tom Brady's done it that way. But for a guy like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, to come in the first two or three years they played, have so much success, that's why they get the credit that they get. And then you get the false credit when mm-hmm. you get hype like that and, and, and aren't actually winning anything like Josh Allen. And then they now they're like, well, maybe we made a mistake. But Josh Allen is is closer to the norm. Closer to the norm after the get the the smoke set. A, a, a kid that is going through the ups and downs of learning. That's good. Yeah, that, that's Josh Allen weird. two years from now might be might be better than what we saw. Right. But you got guys that are striking the uh, striking while it's hot now, and that's giving them the credit that they're giving. But either way it goes, it's not an easy thing to just. 
put together the right uh, combination of guys just because they're all practicing well. Yeah, I think some guys just operate a little different, but it's a little different. You need to be able to make plays in in amongst the best competition. We talked the biggest surprises of the 2022 season. And I got Adam Shipley. Thank you for tapping in. He said, biggest surprise to me was the frustrating play of Maris Leofau. Expected a lot from him. I mean, and what once, did you expect? Man, you know what? Dude, Maris Leofau, I think taking a step back and let me let me give some brutal honesty. The fact that Maris Leofau made it through the season healthy was the key for him. You're talking about a dude that really wasn't even practicing during the fall. Like Notre Dame really wasn't talking about it, but he really wasn't even practicing. And when he practiced, he was doing maybe like 40%. And remember when Marcus Freeman gave that speech? Like, we don't like our guys to practice half speed. Yeah. Like, no, nah, if you can't go full speed, we don't want you practicing. That was pretty much about Maris Leofile, man. Like, he, he physically wasn't right, and they really brought him along, and he didn't get a lot of reps in fall camp because they just wanted him to be healthy. They didn't want to take the chance of him being injured or getting injured. So they kind of babied him and coddled him. So really, when he started playing, that was camp for him. Yeah, you could see that he needed some more reps. Yeah, that was and camp like, for him. Uh, you look like you just trying to figure it out on the fly mm-hmm. instead of being in a groove or a routine like you've been doing it. And, you know, that's just a – because you could tell there was something missing with me. She like, yeah, we like him. And we remember some flashes, but it's just like a skip on the game. It's like something just – he's missing that piece. And I think, like yeah. you're right, resting him when he really could have been pushing it to get some experience so that that talent developed instead of still being raw. It just looked raw out there. Yeah. I mean, put somebody in there that know what they're doing. That's what people probably <laughs> felt at time. But he just was just raw. He was still on the, on the highlight mode that he gave us. Uh, the previous year because he didn't have that development hurt. Yeah. You know, he missed those camps. This is a good Jacob C. Thank you for tapping in. Biggest surprise was lack of an emerging wide Why? receiver. Yeah, I don't I don't do. You pretty I, I know I expected Chancey Stuckey to at and least take two, technique, two three years. Talent of the yeah. room and grow yeah. the room to be ready. Yeah. But I think we saw the improvement from a technical aspect of that room. But I didn't expect anybody to just. It wasn't a trust factor on play calling to even give them a chance. You know, and when it was, it was like we're either hit or missing it or they're not. Maybe because we don't know what they talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've schemed some things up to hit guys outside and we're not confident in hitting it. So we hit inside. But. You know, it didn't look like there was a lot of trust to depend on the receivers to win us a game either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I see I see people in the chat saying the linebackers being a surprise. I, until, I mean, the linebacker position at Notre Dame is 
pretty much until further notice, right? Like yeah, until yeah. until we see it. Until we see it. Until we see it. You know. And fully expect JD Bertrand to be the leader out there this year with Prince Colley, Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler, and some of the other guys sprinkled in. You know, hopefully. Hopefully. Like Manny Navarro told us, when you have the best talent on your team, they should take the majority of the snaps as starters in their second year. And hopefully that's what we're going to see from this second year uh, linebacker core group. Jalen Sneed, Ziegler. Junior Tua Lamaka has already moved to the defensive line. I don't Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen, I think, you know, they should take a year. They man, take a year, learn the game, special teams, get better. Because the guys in front of them should be ready to go and make an impact. Yeah, it's time to see some of those young guys flash and the Marcus mm-hmm. Freeman era really kick off with guys he put a lot of effort in recruiting. And, you know, the older guys that he wasn't head coach for should really fill in as a role. I mean, you know, not too many places in the country letting too many fifth-year guys come back, letting too many older guys come back because it's a young young man's sport. But, you know, for Notre Dame's a different place, but I think it's about role-playing and everything that you're doing. So for those young guys, like J.D. Bertrand is going to be in there, but as a – as a responsible senior fifth year guy, hopefully bringing those young guys up on his way out. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. You already know we spin it different. Two thousand twenty-three. Projecting surprises. I I will say this. I think the Notre Dame return game is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Mm. I think they built the foundation last year under Brian Mason, a firm foundation, and now they start to build the other levels of special teams to an equal level of what we saw from the punt block unit, John Sott having a really good season and having more consistency as a place kicker and kickoffs. I think that's coming along on the second and third levels as Brian Mason continues to build that special teams unit. I think you're going to see some big-time returns. I think they return two punts for a touchdown and maybe even one kickoff this year. I think that's one of the surprises I'm looking forward to seeing coming forth in the 2023 season. Yeah, special teams. Yeah, definitely seeing some action in the punt return game and kick return game, us making efforts. Maybe even see one of them double reverses in the uh, kickoff where we catch it and run and toss it to the guy going, you know, seeing some creativity or effort. That phase of the game is proven to really help uh, stimulate our offense and even lead to a huge blowout that many people didn't expect because our third phase of the game really came in play, and even the other team noticed it as the game-changing effort that took them out. And I think that's something we can expand on 
and keep teams strategizing against us like USC where they didn't even let us get out there. Yeah. So it shows that we are making great strides in that area, but we need to have an impactful guy. And I know that we got a lot of guys that can catch punts, but how many are punt returners? See, you see how I did that? We had we had guys that's fielding punts, like just back there just, just waiting on. We, we don't need guys that are out there fielding balls. We need a guy that's going to. Golden retrieve that thing and bring it back. You know what I mean? Like I can I can hire somebody out of the stands and just go back there and catch it. This is not a walk-on position that's a classic Rudy thing that we just nominate well, you know, a make a wish foundation for somebody to go out there and just field punts. This is a special teams unit. Mm-hmm. But they call it bomb squad. Or something like that. It's about getting it and coming, changing the field position. Yeah. You get yeah. it and want to start as far as the punt took it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. I think they have to punt returners. If, they, if we're just going strictly by the freshman class that's incoming, it's at least three punt returners, elite punt returners in that class. You have to yeah. be able to trust them. And I think there were a couple – in the 22 class that just didn't get the opportunity. You just have to be able to trust them. But the first thing with Brian Mason is catching a ball. Catching a ball. That's the first thing to punt return. Anthony Solomon. Now, this is this is I put this up, love, because it's interesting. What is crazy to me, he says, is all of these guys we noticed as breakout players and a team went nine and four, one would think the record would have been better. First, I just want to clarify there's a difference between surprise. And breakout players, in my opinion, we're seeing guys that surprised us. I wouldn't, I would exactly call a breakout player means you've gone to a status of like star. And I don't think any one went to that status, but I think because of lower expectations, I think there are some guys that surprised us. Like I think Howard Cross played very well. Z Carell played, I wouldn't call Z Carell an all-American all center, but he was really good. He was really good. Yeah, I think he's really good for what we asked him to do. He was really good. I would love for him to pick up just a little bit more weight, but he's so good technically in using leverage. Yeah, I'm going to, you, you know what? Have... You know another surprise? I, I have a surprise. Another surprise. Notre Dame is going to have a wide receiver go over 800 yards receiving. Possible. Somebody's going to pop this year. Possible. I don't know who, but somebody's going to pop. We we can we can predict who most likely. I don't think we're a team built on surprise players because. Surprise players aren't trusted players. Mm-hmm. And we know how that trusting works offensively. Defensively, you know, we've seen Jalen Sneed get in and Prince Colley get in and, you know, some flashes of some guys, but we're pretty much a, an experienced semi-veteran team that likes to roll out there more than not. We're not 
unless a major injury, like how Ben Morrison got in, I think that qualifies as a surprise because it's surprising he played that early. <laughs> yeah. He's a surprise that became a breakout player because then he started not only playing early, then he started doing crazy things, you know. Yeah. In the top player on the defense. Another surprise I would say in 2023 is going to be Notre Dame's going to have a double digit sack artist. I know, I know you put the, the, the ceiling at about eight. Throw some names. I'm gonna go with my boy Jordan Batello. Mm-hmm. I let I mean if he I, starts Josh Burnham, time, look, maybe. I keep telling people this. Josh Burnham, when people finally get him, get to see him play. But if he has seven sacks, that's good though for Josh Burnham. That's that's what I'm hearing from you being. Oh, he's gonna surprise. He's gonna do so. Seven sacks is that? That's what it sounds like to me. How do you? How, wait a minute. How did you just put a number to that? Because if it was ten plus, you wouldn't be saying. I think he's gonna show a lot of people this and that. Like Falski wasn't showing a lot of people. Falski was out there getting the sacks. He was getting with the expectation of trying to break the record. Josh is like, I think it's gonna surprise some guys. So surprising people. Or coming on the scene <clears throat> with seven, because if that's the case, is he going to start and have the snaps to even get that many opportunities to get that ten plus? If he's surprising people and coming on the scene, I think if it was a Riley Mills, you were saying that on about where he's on the field ninety percent of the time. You know, math is math, and he has the higher chance of getting ten plus. But does Riley have the motor to get 10 plus? That's another question. It's another question. I think a solid 10 plus guy, he doesn't even, who's starting full time now that can get 10 plus? Not guys that are coming in. Like, I mean, I have to. Pre- I have to project the starting lineup. I mean, we lost. Exactly. Meaning, exactly. Meaning that nobody's been getting enough reps full time to be in shape to be getting 10 sacks a season unless they just become an all-star player, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's been playing part-time. You know, ain't nobody get the benefits of the, of the, the dental and the vision and the and the healthcare. Right. They've been on 1099s. Contractors come in third down, come in first and second, get about 30, 40 snaps, you know, even with the young linebackers. I think the young linebackers are going to be productive, but it's like you said, it's still undetermined. <laughs> Everybody's been kind of getting their toe in the water, but nobody truly in the deep end where you can lean on a high productive uh, projection yet, unless we, unless we recruited like some some monsters, unless we got Chase Young on that deal. <laughs> I think Tyson Ford can have a huge impact, but it'll be like it. It's oh, not absolutely. Like, okay, we're not gonna have the Eagles D line where every every guy that's starting has ten sacks, ten or more sacks. No, this is not about to be the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have 70 sacks on the season. 
Everybody has 10 plus. But I think we'll have like we'll have a good amount of sacks, but it's by committee. I think everybody will have pepper in six, pepper in five, maybe. Yeah. yeah. You know, pepper in a high, like eight, and maybe the team leader. But I don't see anybody just getting all right. I'm I don't need to be double teamed every game. But maybe that is the best, right? Expecting Isaiah Foskey to carry the load in that area and now spreading things out across the two deep to where as you get four from this guy, four from this guy, four from this guy, and collectively if you have six or seven guys giving you four to five sacks, you good. Yeah. Now you, you may you be more dangerous than just depending upon Isaiah Foskey, who, yo, all time sack leader, first round I mean, pick projected in the draft. Think but about it. We got the all-time much. sack leader, all the greatest yeah. winningest quarterback. You know, we'll we'll see. Him. We'll see. It was fun talking about the surprises of 2022 and projecting some of the surprises that may come with Notre Dame football in 2023. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe. Smash that like button. Hit the notification bell. Go to CFB Nation. In conjunction with Irish Breakdown for all of our great contents, the Lucky Lefty Podcast, we spend a different.